When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, and welcome to The Paddock in the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone, the English county cricket season is set to start this week. So to get you all in the mood, I caught up with Gloucestershire and England wicketkeeper batsman James Bracey. In this podcast, James reflects candidly on his career, which led him from playing from Loughborough MCCU in 2018 to the full England side in 2021 against New Zealand at Lords. Hello, James. Thanks for joining me on the Paddock and the Pavilion. Uh, th- thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having us. Well, the new season starts next week as we're recording. How? What have you been up to during the winter? Yeah, so I've had a few uh, busy winters the last two or three, touring and um, going various places with with ECB and um, the Lions and obviously the England side. So had a pretty chilled start and did did a few weeks at home. Um, bit of technical work that I wanted to get done. So I was just doing that indoors at, at Bristol. And then um, spent um, the end of December, Christmas, January, February in, in Melbourne playing some some grade cricket to prep outside for uh, for this summer. Ah, I wonder whether you've been playing some cricket. You're not in, involved in any T20 franchises. No, not quite yet. So that's definitely on the bucket list if I can if I can sort of push myself into the reckoning. But at the moment, yeah, Australia is obviously a great option um, for that for that sort of thing. As you know, their club cricket's is strong, and, and I'm able to to go over there thankfully. And um, yeah, they're happy to put me up and stuff, which is which is great. What was it like being a pom playing against all these Aussies? <laughs> it's not as bad as the horror stories that people tell you. Um, I think at that level, you know, it was it was they were pretty friendly. You get a couple that that try and get into and use the old, you know, pom English Aussie rivalry against you. But you know, generally it was it was all good. They're uh, they're not as bad as you know we usually make out. And you've been following Bristol Rovers from a distance then. Yeah, yeah, I've watched most of their games 
stupidly waking up in the night to watch them. Um, since I left, I think at Christmas, they just went on a, a downward spiral, sadly. So, yeah, I followed them from a distance and then and watched them a couple of times when I got back. So you actually go and watch them live as well, yeah? Yeah, we went, um, I went, well, they had two home games last last week or the week before. Went to both of those, lost 2-0, both of them. Um, so quickly brought me back down to earth of, you know, um, glad they haven't got a game for a couple of weeks now. Well, they're not going to go down, so... Uh... Uh, yeah, they're floating in mid-table. So to be fair, with with us going up last year, I think, you know, that's pretty good to stay up in on our first time of asking. Well, let's get back to the cricket. Talk a little bit about your career, your test career and uh, the 2023 season, which we're, you're looking forward to. Mm. You made your debut for Gloucestershire in 2016 and you were also part of the Loughborough MCCU. How much mm. did that help your development? Yeah, it was huge. I think actually that was probably the turning point for me. Um, went to Loughborough 2015 um, after not being offered a contract. So, And I probably knew that I wasn't wasn't quite ready. Um, wasn't picked by Loughborough really in, in 2015. Um, so, you know, it was, I was pushing, well, I was just turning 19 and didn't really have too much going on in terms of um, of a contract coming up. I played a bit in Gloucester's twos, but still it was sort of doing my degree and, and starting to plan really if cricket didn't come to fruition, what, what I was going to do next really. So 2016 was probably the breakthrough. Played in Loughborough's side, did pretty well got that one game at the end of 2016 which was a really good learning learning experience didn't score any runs but came up against a good side in Sussex um and that sort of just propelled me on to you know 17 18 19 where you know I went from strength to strength what did you do your degree in uh, I did sports science and, and business management in my under undergraduate um and then I'm currently studying a master's in in psychology that's just the just the ticket for a wicketkeeper, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well, we're known to be crazy, so it's good to understand it a little bit more why why that is. So, are you one of these noisy wicketkeepers? Like, um, I, we always quote Paul Nixon. I know he's packed up quite a few years ago, but uh... no, I'd actually say I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm firmly a believer of, you know, if, as soon as I open my mouth and start to give a bit, it will come around and bite me, uh, bite me in the ass. So. I like to stay a little bit quieter and keep my vocals to to stuff concerning us. <laughs> well, as you said, 2018-2019, uh, you got uh, 819 runs and 745 runs in 2019. You scored a century in your, I think, your fourth county championship match. Mm. And it wasn't long before you then got picked for the, for the Lions in 2020. Yeah. in australia yeah yeah i mean i think i was probably a lucky i'd sort of got a little bit fortunate with all my selections because i think it was around the time where ed smith came and started to sort of the lines became a a platform for younger players to come through and make the step up rather than you know it being purely the best next best team um so i sort of fitted into that bracket quite nicely i'd had a couple of as you said decent years but not sort of breaking the bank and yeah I managed to get those opportunities which which was amazing and that tour of Australia was was awesome we won every game we played at the MCG and won there um you know I got a few runs I was keeping and it was sort of a really good again platform for me to then push on up up towards the the next accolade yeah as you said you you beat Australia A in the four-day match you got 65 you got four catches 
and you're playing with Zach Crawley, Dominic Sibley, Dan Lawrence, Ollie Robinson, just to name a few. Yeah. Yeah. And they all sort of obviously, I think there was a few who'd already played as well, like Bess and, and Craig Overton, Jennings. So it was a, a pretty stacked side, which was good to be a part of. And, and obviously a lot of them have kicked on to play test cricket as well. So yeah, it was good to, you know, I think I made my debut with Zach Sibbers and, and, uh, and Ollie. So yeah, it was obviously a good time to be part of the setup. And it's good to see, you know, Robbo uh, in particular, really, really smashing test cricket and, and going all the way. And you were playing against Marcus Harris, who plays for Gloucestershire. Yeah, yeah, that was before he came to us. That was before he went to Leicester, I think. So, yeah, I remember him. I've spoken to him about it. I remember he uh, ran, ran down and tried to hit Bessie into the middle of next week and got bowled. So, uh, remind me of that. But yeah, he's um, he's obviously gone from strength to strength as well and played a bit for Australia. And um, I think he's sort of in the in the hat to play this summer again as well. And this was early 2020. So the world's then sort of starting to think there's going to be lockdowns and you must have yep. come home. And then very shortly after that, you're in lockdown. Yeah, they well, they moved off flight a couple of days earlier um, because they were starting to panic about border closures and and that sort of thing so i think we arrived back mid-march and then got back and within two or three days we were we were locked down so um yeah we got pretty fortunate there yeah i think everyone remembers it's 23rd of march when we were actually locked down what was yeah. it like then for a cricketer you, the, the season was not going to start you never knew when you were going to start again for a while did you yeah there's lots of like I don't like it's all a bit of a blur. Like I don't really remember all the details, but I just remember there being lots of chat, lots of meetings, lots of COVID protocols getting thrown at us, lots of unrest about, you know, when it was going to start, whether it was going to be 2021 before we got to play again. Um, and then I think was it uh again, I sort of got a little bit I got fortunate, you know, bigger squads were then being picked and there was opportunities with the COVID England bubble, which I which I was allowed to go back to training earlier than the rest. And I was allowed to um, go outdoors and do training before the rest and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, it's probably a little bit better for me. I think it was sort of maybe two months before I was, you know, back out there training properly again. Well, whereas the other lads had to wait probably another six weeks on top of that. So were you living at home with parents at the time in lockdown? Yeah. So I'd literally just bought a flat and I was hoping to move in when it all kicked off, which obviously didn't happen. Um, so yeah, I was with my parents. Um, my brother had moved out by then. So it was, it wasn't too bad. It was, it was pretty comfortable. And as you said, you then got picked for this extended, I think 55 man squad. And then you were involved in a, I think a 30 man squad for, for the England yeah. summer. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, it was my first taste obviously of the full setup. I think it was me and sort of seven or eight of the lads I'd been away with that winter. Um, it sort of got the the call up as such. Um, and it was sort of a case of just go and enjoy it. I think the first stage was about 10, 10 days of of training and a couple of squad games and that sort of thing. And it was sort of enjoy that and didn't expect too much more. But I knew that it was going to be a case of then rattling down to 24 and then rattling down to 18 and then rattling down to whatever test squads they picked. So it's almost a case of like a trial basis, get as far as possible sort of thing. And, you know, it worked out pretty well. 
Yeah, you played for this Josh Butler's 11, although there was about 15, yeah. I think, played mm. against another 15 for the Ben Stokes 11 and got 85. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I sort of, when they said there was going to be a squad game, I sort of went through all the players there and where I was sort of going to fit in because I knew that obviously Folks and Butler would have been the keepers. Bairstow was there as well. So there's three keepers probably pushing ahead of me. Um, so I was looking at the batters and then you obviously had you had Burns, you had Denley at the time, you had Jennings, you had um, Sibley. So there's lots of openers there as well. Um, and yeah, I managed to find myself opening the batting, which was which was perfect. So um, it was a good chance to to show them what I don't think many of the coaches had seen a huge amount of me batting. So yeah, it was a good good start to set a good um, set a good example. And Jimmy Anderson was on the the Ben in the Ben Stokes eleven. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I think Jimmy. Obviously, Jimmy Stokes. Um, I think that's Saqib, Craig Overton. So it was a pretty good attack. Jack Leach. So yeah, it was. Um, I don't think there were going to be many bad bowlers, but there was some some pretty darn good ones there to um, to challenge me. And as a result of that, you were then part of the England bubble all summer. Yeah. You say, yeah, it must have been. You're in, so you're in hotels and more hotels, and yeah, it was up to your room. And yeah, I think it was five weeks at Hampshire, then another two or three weeks at um, Manchester, and then maybe a week at home, and then back to Manchester for another um, couple of weeks, and back to Hampshire for another couple of weeks. Um, I missed all the four day cricket for gloss. Um, so I think that was probably the one summer where I, you know. I learned so much about my game and experienced so much amazing stuff that it actually didn't hit me that hard, sort of what actually I was doing. Um, the being locked up, the being um, sort of isolated didn't hit me probably as hard as some people because I was just so happy that I was in that environment and, and learning all that stuff. So it probably wasn't until that winter where I went away again that it became really sort of quite difficult in and around obviously that good stuff as well. Yeah, off quote, I think was it um, Josh Butler in a 12-month period had a whole month of a year when he was in a hotel room, I think, mm, in total. Yeah. yeah. You went on the field once, didn't you? Because you get a catch, didn't you, in one of the tests? Yeah, I went on sort of a few times, sort of for a few overs at a time. And then someone got, uh, Popey got injured, I think, diving for a ball. So I ended up fielding for maybe 30 or 40 overs at the end of the, the last test, third test. And I remember first time I touched the ball, I threw four overthrows off of Anderson. So that didn't go down particularly well. Um, and then, yeah, I took a catch at short leg um, pretty soon after. So sort of kind of redeemed myself a little bit. Well, you're not going to get any stick from the crowd, are you? Exactly. There's absolutely not a soul in sight. <laughs> well, what was it like playing in front of nobody? It must have been so hard for people to lift themselves. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, and... You know, we don't get that many watching us play four-day cricket at county level, but, you know, I can't imagine what it was like for those guys who have played a lot of test cricket and are used to sort of that atmosphere and then it's sort of taken away. It must be. And having now seen it, it's just completely alien. It was it was a bit bizarre. Yeah, it was wonderful for us at home. We're in lockdown here watching cricket on the TV. Mm. But to actually play like a, a club game with... And literally nobody there. It must have been yeah. unreal, really. Yeah, it was. It was very strange, and I 
sort of, yeah, you know, if it hadn't been look up and see it was, you know, Broad, Anderson, Root and Stokes running around, you would, you would have genuinely thought it was that. It was a club game, yeah, because apart from the groundsmen and the umpires, there was no one else from outside of obviously our, our group. You said you played one county championship game, or it was a Bob Willis trophy game for um, Gloucestershire. And I noticed that game got called off because of uh, a break COVID, in yeah. sort of COVID or something, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, some of the North Ants players picked it up and had been, I think it was, you know, the guy who'd picked it up, his two flatmates were both playing as well. And, and it was the whole hoo-ha about who was in contact and whatever. And I think they just called it a day because of that. But yeah, it only lasted about, I think a session and then we were, that was done as well. So it was a pretty short lived summer for me. Um, but you know, we had the T20 after that, so it wasn't, wasn't all bad. This was a T20 that nearly finished in about, well, I think it finished in October, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And we, um, ended up having to play final. We, it was the one year we made it to finals day, obviously no people there and it got taken to a reserve day because the weather and it ended up being like a 10 over game because of the weather. So, you know, it was a bit disappointing having got there. Um, one having no crowd there on finals day but also you know to be reduced as well was was a bit annoying Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli I guess Aha in my dentist's office more than once actually Do I have to say? Yes you do In the car before my kids PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, 2021, you started the season with scores of 54, 14, 118, 83 not out, 65, 9, 75, 13, and 1. So you got four 50s and one turn in six games. And... uh you got selected for England. Were you surprised that you got selected? Um, yeah, a little bit. I don't think you ever expect to to get the call, but I, you know, I was confident having spent that much time around around the group, and you know, had some positive feedback. Um, and then you know, starting the the season well against some good sides, um, I knew there was going to be some selection changes because of um, the IPL and people going there and who was available, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I knew Joss wasn't going to be there. I knew Johnny wasn't going to be there. Um, so I was always, you know, hopeful that I'd be there as sort of a a backup batter who could be the backup keeper as well. Um, and yeah, luckily, you know, got the call. So I was in the 15. But as you said, you were selected as a batsman when you were then Ben yes. Folks. Ben Folks had that freak injury. Yeah, I was uh, picked as a batter. So yeah, I assumed that I would be the, you know, the batter on the bench. Um, which you know I was, I was absolutely fine with, um, but knew that obviously I was the only other keeper in the squad as well, and had a call from from Chris Silverwood maybe four day, three or four days before we were meeting up to say that that folks had slipped over and and torn his hammy, so that and that they weren't bringing another keeper in, especially. So yeah, that I'd basically basically without saying it, saying that I'd be playing, which was yeah crazy. I mean, it was quite nice to know prior a few days prior to going um but you know all that time to play it over in my head as well was was uh yeah pretty surreal so what were your thoughts about keeping wicket and batting at number seven i didn't really have any 
you know, um, negative thoughts towards it. I was like, well, I'm a number three batter, batting at number seven. You know, it's going to be a slightly different time of the inning, slightly different tempo. But if I've got the skills to bat at three and they think I've got the skills to bat at three, then, you know, when the ball's a little bit older at number seven, hopefully I'll be able to adapt pretty quickly. Um, the keeping, you know, a lot of people sort of say now, oh, I was too inexperienced and this sort of stuff. But I think the amount of work I'd done on it and and how confident I was with how I'd kept the start of that season, I was really happy. Um, you know, I was pretty confident that, that I could do a job. And even now, you know, I, I got quite a bit of criticism at the time, but I still look back on it and I've looked at all the figures and the stats and, and you know, all this sort of stuff. And I I still stand by the fact that I don't think I did that badly. Lords is a difficult place to keep wicket, though, isn't it? It is very difficult, and I, I, I think the last away game we played before that Test match was at Lords, so I had a little bit of a taste of it. Obviously, with it not being Broad and Anderson and Robinson, but you know our our bowlers at Gloss are, are pretty. Um, they know what they're doing as well, and it it was very tricky. So I knew that it was going to be a challenge. Um, but it was nice to get that little bit of a taste of it um, before before getting there as well. How much of a difference was it playing the Test cricket? compared to playing for Gloucestershire, that might seem obvious, but from a player's perspective? Yeah, I think, you you know, you play against test cricketers in county cricket regularly um, and you can see, you know, the quality that they have. Um, I think from a batting point of view, it's it's just precision. You know, your mistakes are capitalised on, you know, a lot more often um, with the gloves. I think it's just more, you know, you know that the eyes are on you. And that brings a certain pressure that you just don't get with county cricket. And I think, you know, the best players not only, you know, have the skills to play, but they deal with that the best. And, um, you know, I didn't get off to the best start and probably allowed that to impact my performance more than maybe you see some guys who had just hit the ground running, you know, take Harry Brook, for example. He's just taking it all in his stride and obviously he's an incredible batter, but I think he's he's been pretty level-headed about how he's gone about it as well, which is, you know, a, a lesson to anyone who's aspiring to go and do it. Well, Graham Gooch, all those years ago, got a pair in his in his test debut. And you got <laughs> naught, then another naught, and then an eight. So it wasn't a pair. But uh, but New Zealand, a very good side at the time. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were number one in the world or they just won, the, or they would go on to win this ch- test championship that summer. So, yeah, it was a pretty tough, tough prospect. But, um, you know, I, I'm I'm still sort of, well, I am now got a very different perspective on it in terms of, you know, I've done it. I've played test cricket, which is incredible in itself. And if I was to go back, I'd I'd sort of have a lot of, a lot better way of dealing with it and um, matured a lot because of it. And were friends and family there to watch you? Yeah, they were. So my grandparents, my parents, my brother, uh, my my partner as well. They all got their day one of of that first test, which was which was great. Um, and then you know they all swapped and changed over depending on you know work and stuff for the next what was it nine days that that there was games on I um, managed to get a couple of friends to come um you know my brother and dad chose to play their own cricket on the Saturdays so they didn't come then but um yeah the rest they were all really keen and they were they were buzzing to to be there for it still must give you great pride and give the family great pride to say that you played cricket for test cricket for England yeah exactly and I think it's one of those things that now like you know, it's now that it's sort of settled in and I've sort of got over the, you know, the 
that it actually happened i think now you know i keep my cap in my room and i see it and i'm just like not many people get one of those and it's it's pretty cool to to know that you know i've grown up aspiring to play for england and that, that i've done it you know so early in my career was was a real achievement yeah because only three years before that you were playing for loughborough mccu yeah and it, exactly it just shows how you know it happens quickly but then it can also drop off quickly and it's a very sort of turbulent game so you know even though take now it feels like i'm you know that bit further away that can that can all happen so quickly and was it tough when you went back to play for gloucestershire did it affect you that the, the uh, test career yeah i think it did sort of on and off for maybe sort of a year 18 months it sort of damaged my confidence a little bit but also you know when you play for england it it feels like you should go back to county cricket and and absolutely dominate because you know in your own head and other people probably think that you know well if he's playing international cricket he should be you know be sort of above the average here and it's not that easy because you know county cricket's a different beast to to test cricket in terms of you know yes it's a level down but it's also relentless and there are extremely good cricketers there so you just got to try and stay level headed which you know it probably took me a few weeks to to adjust to that and and rediscover my confidence that I'd lost throughout those couple of games. Um, but yeah, I think end of last year, it really started to kick into gear again. And um, I feel sort of totally revamped as a player, which is exciting going into this year. And England-wise, how, how, were, how was the England coach at the time, Chris Silverwood? Did he get good feedback? Did they, was there sort of some support mechanism in place after you were then not picked for the next side uh yeah they sort of explained their decision not to to pick me for the next series and you know with with lions tours and other bits and bobs coming up after that they were in in sort of regular contact about those you know i played on the lions the winter after which was um you know a big confidence booster in terms of you know knowing that i'm still in in favor and in their thoughts um and then, you know, thereafter, it's, you know, you don't get calls every couple of weeks because obviously there's loads of players in their plans and, you know, there's lots of games and cricket happening. But it's one of those where, you know, their doors are always open. And if you ever want to ask any questions or or speak about anything, you know, I've never had any problem getting hold of those people to have those conversations, which is kind of all you want. Well, that's good to hear. And you read my notes because I put confidence boost, question mark, after the selection for the England Lions, when you scored a, this is in 2021, isn't it? December mm-hmm. 2021. Yeah. And you got a century and you got runs against Scott Boland as well. Yeah, that was just before he then got called up and and obviously tore us, tore us apart on, on Boxing Day. So again, you know, looking back at that, it was it was a good attack. Um, I think Swepson as well since has played has played for Australia um, and obviously Nessa as well. So, yeah, another good good attack that I was able to, you know, not only hold my own against, but put in, put in a good performance. Um, and it's one of those that, you know, again, I can look back on those highlights and look back on that, that experience and think, well, you know, it doesn't get too much harder than that without, you know, getting back into the test arena. So I, I definitely know I can still do it. Um, and that was, yeah, a really good trip. Um, to sort of start the winter off. 
And then last season, 2022, 702 first-class runs, uh, 47 catches, four stumpings, but you're, you're in the, included in the PCA Men's Team of the Year, mm. but Gloucestershire are relegated. Yeah. Bit of a mixed year, yeah. I think we, um, we got off to, obviously, a pretty slow start. Um, I think probably got, you know, some of us more experienced players didn't, um, like myself, didn't probably get the runs I was hoping for after a really, really quick start. Um, and yeah, we just sort of, you know, as one of the things, I think we just got into a habit of losing. We would, you know, for three out of four days, we were putting up, you know, real efforts and, and really even games. And then having just sort of manic sessions where we'd lose five or six r- wickets really quickly or let score, like let the opposition get away from us. And, you know, it just meant that we, a few games that we should have won, we ended up losing or a few games that we should have drawn, we ended up losing and, and we learned that, you know, those draws are really important in Division One because those extra points all add up to to keeping you up, which we weren't used to. I think in Division Two it's all about you gotta win, you gotta win because otherwise you're not going up and there's obviously no relegation. So yeah, that dynamic was slightly different. And um we're hoping that, you know, if we can get promoted this year we'll we'll take that learning forward. Well, you ended last year well because you won the last two matches, didn't you? So are you confident you can get back up this year? Yeah, for sure. I think the the feeling around the group at the end of last year was was awesome. We're trying to harness that a lot moving forward this year. Um, that sort of shift in mentality. And, you know, it was good to shake up the relegation pack um, like we did at the end of the year. And who do you think are your main rivals in Division 2? Um, obviously, Yorkshire coming down, I think, you know, especially with the likes of um, Best are available early season. They've signed Milnes. They've got obviously got Best and Live and quite a few experienced players, so they're going to be good. Um, I think Durham obviously look look pretty strong as well. Their bowling attacks um, got a lot of experience. Obviously, Potts, Cast in, in and around the England setup, and obviously Lee's up the top of the order. Um, they look pretty strong, so I'd probably say those two, but I also think Glamorgan as well, first game, looks they look like a pretty pretty good side as well. Um, so I think there's a few who could put their name in the hat. It just depends on you know, who gets the quick start. And are you still vice captain? I am, yeah. Um, from what I know, anyway. So um, <laughs> I'm sure you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've sort of um, on and off, sort of done a bit of that. Um, obviously, I think Higo did it a bit for most of last year. Um, but yeah, uh, GV's obviously done a great job skippering. Um, and yeah, something that I'd like to, you know, pursue in the future. But you know, having that vice role at the moment is great. I love the you know the uh, added leadership responsibilities nice and um it's good to you know even um I'm, I'm not old yet i'm i'm able to contribute a bit of experience to to the group so is that something you relish being captain wicket keeping and say batting three it's a lot to yeah, do I think, that's, I think that's something that probably isn't feasible i think batting three and keeping i've found hard enough and I'm still trying to work that one out um, as much as I, li- I like doing it. Um, I think adding the captaincy as well would mean probably having to to sacrifice one of those um, which, you know, further down the line I can I can think more about. And what do you think to the new point structure? Because there's uh, 250 now for the first point this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, We've uh, we struggled obviously last year to get batting points, but I think yeah, I think it's good. It it, it 
sort of sets a sort of higher standard. And I think a lot of that, a lot of teams are going to go out chasing those big points by scoring a bit more, a bit quicker. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see see how much that affects how people approach it. And generally, are you in favour of keeping the county championship fourteen matches? I know you've you've got the eight teams in the division mm. two. You wouldn't want to see the the county championship reduced. I wouldn't personally. I understand why people do, because um, it is a really, really hectic schedule. Um, but I, I've just never known any different. I like 14 games. I like, you know, I like that it's a real grind. I like that it's a real slog. I like that, you know, you're going to have really, really tough periods where you've got to, you know, grind, grit your teeth and and get your get into it. Um, and I like that, you know, it's it's a real test of, you know, who really is the best four-day side. Um, I think, you know, a period of five or six games can win you a championship if it's 10 games. Whereas, you know, you've got to perform really well for, for 10, 11 games if you're going to want to win one of those divisions at the moment. And personally, do you set yourself targets? Is it a thousand runs that you'd like to get? I usually do. I haven't actually this year. I've made a bit of a conscious effort not to because in previous years, I always say, yeah, I want to get a thousand runs, but always come up just short. And, you know, not that I've had bad years, but I've sort of not done as well as I'd like. Um, I think this year I've set a few more goals around, you know, how I approach the game, um, how I deal with deal with the pressures of it and and how I can, uh, you know, help the team best often. Obviously, yeah, I'd love to go out and average 50 and, you know, hit 500 and score a thousand runs. That'd be great. And I think... Um, that will still subconsciously be be there, and I want to do that. But I think most of my goals are probably more around my, yeah, my approach and my enjoyment of of the cricket. And still, the aim to, with your performances, to get back in the England side. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think actually, since since playing, I've, that sort of priority has shifted from you know I did everything to get into the side and, and play um, for those eighteen months during COVID, um, and then I've come out the other side and you know I want to get back in the team but it's probably more of a I think with the shift in their mentality in the test side now as well it's more about you know they want to pick match winners they want to pick pick guys who are going to win teams for their win games for their team so if I can set my sights on right how are we going to win games as a team at Gloss um, and you know if I'm a part of that I'm going to be contributing to a winning side which puts you in in the shot window So what do you think to, to baseball? <laughs> I love it. It's great to watch. I think having watched for the last year, it's it's awesome. And I just think as someone who's been in the environment when it wasn't quite as as free and quite as, you know, successful as it is now, um, I can't even imagine what it's like to have that level of backing and just be able to go out and, and play and actually feel like you can you're not gonna be judged for how you get out or how you score your runs, you know, it's, it seems Unreal, really. So, you know, fair play to McCullum and Stokes for for really revamping it and and remodelling Test cricket, essentially. It's been awesome. Would you agree it would have been hard to revamp in the sort of sort of stage and era you played in with COVID all around to actually have done it then sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think it's also, you know, just, you know, the players that they've got available and uh, I think Stokes' input will be massive. You know, I think his character obviously has just come 
shining through and him paired with McCullum is just, you know, no one's surprised that they've gone down that route. I think, you know, when I was playing, it was a little bit more conservative. I think route, not that that's a bad way of looking at it. Like Root and Silverwood, it was about batting long, batting big, um, being boring for, you know, the first few days and trying to set it up and, and take it, you know, later into the game. That was sort of how they looked at it, which, you know, worked on occasions, didn't work on occasions. And, you know, Stokes and McCullum have gone down a completely different route, um, which, you know, they're going to win games. They're going to lose games at some point, but they've, you know, created an acceptance that that's, that's okay, which it's the same as, you know, as a batter, you, you're going to get out and it's just being able to say, you know, that's all right, but I'm going to do everything I can before that to, to score the runs we need. Well, as a fan, it's fantastic to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I'm still just like, I've, there seems to be something happening in every game that's just ridiculous. So what do you think uh, our chance is in the men's and the women's ashes this summer? Uh, the women's, I'm I'm quietly confident. I know the Australia are obviously the, the dominant force and have been for a while, but, um, you know, we've had um, Michael Bates in working with me on my keeping at, at Gloss and I've been speaking to him about it and he's, He's confident that now, you know, they've got the players in order to do it. They've just got to, you know, find the way of, of getting those performances in at the right time. Um, and they've obviously got some incredible players coming through. So, yeah, I'm confident about that. But, you know, it'll be tough, tough for them. Men's, I think we're going to we're gonna do them. We're going to beat them. I think everyone's, you know, been worried the whole time that we've been winning and playing in this manner and everyone's loved it. But they've all been saying... Everyone's been like, well, you know, Australia will be a different different kettle of fish, their attack and in English conditions and, you know, that sort of stuff. But I just think the players are so high on confidence that I think they're going to get through it. Um, and I think the bowling attack's good enough to obviously cause a lot of problems as well. So you'll be giving Marcus Harris plenty of stick then, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I must push you then for a... For a- score prediction of these five matches well I don't think there'll be many draws I'm sure there'll be a game where weather will probably cut them short so I'll go with 3-1 England well Australia haven't won in England since 2001 so there's every chance there is every chance definitely well James thank you very much for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion the best of luck for the new season I hope it warms up and dries up for next week's first game against uh, Glamorgan Thank and, you very much. Uh, hopefully, with more runs, uh, you'll get back in that England side. Fingers crossed. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.